Sirius XM and Augusta National present The Masters Show. And he puts out for a 68. Ben's best round of the four-day tournament. Hogan wins his first Masters. There's your champion, Fuzzy Zeller, 1979 Masters champion. It is as grand as it gets. Tiger has his slam. Masters history. Conversations with past champions, previewing this year's tournament and celebrating the unique traditions of the Masters. Bernard, when we put this jacket on you, you become a member of Augusta National Golf Club. You're invited to play in this tournament for the rest of your life. Okay. Very proud of that. The Masters Show with your host, Taylor Zarzer, begins right now on Sirius XM. 70 years ago, Ben Hogan won his first of two Masters titles and the second of three straight majors that he entered. That's the first clip that you heard, Hogan winning in 1951. Then you heard Fuzzy Zeller winning in 1979 in the first try, the first time he ever played in the Masters. He won in the first ever sudden death playoff, defeating Ed Sneed, who had a five-shot lead heading into the final round. And many remember what happened to Sneed in that final round. And the 27-year-old Zeller, of course, made the 10-foot putt to win the Masters in his first appearance in the event. And then you heard in 2001, Tiger winning the Tiger Slam winning the U.S. Open, the Open Championship, and the PGA Championship in 2000, and then winning the Masters in April. Eight months between major number three and major number four to have all four majors on his mantle at the same time. And the final clip you heard was from then-chairman Horde Harden back in 1985 when he told Bernhard Langer, that he would get to play in the Masters for the rest of his life because of that victory. I am sure Horde and all of the members at Augusta National had no idea how literally Bernhard Langer would take that invitation and still compete and beat the best players in the world into his mid-60s, as he did in November, outplaying Bryson DeChambeau. Amazing what Bernhard Langer has done throughout his career, and of course he won two green jackets. It's incredible that we are just 20 days away from hearing Chairman Fred Ridley and Jim Nance of CBS Television talk to this year's Masters winner. We are 17 days away from the first round of the Masters when Jack Nicklaus, Arnold Palmer, and Lee Elder will be on the first tee just after 7 a.m. Eastern time to christen the 2021 Masters. And two weeks from today, we'll be at Augusta National getting ready to broadcast this event. We cannot wait for that. At the moment, there are 87 players that are now qualified for this year's Masters. Now, there are a few that might not play. We could see some past Masters champions elect not to play. In November, we did not have Trevor Immelman, who's doing some television work, some great work, I might add and Angel Cabrera decide not to play. Of course, there's an injury, a significant one to Tiger Woods, all of us thinking and pulling for Tiger to make a speedy recovery 
and hopefully one day come back to the game of golf, but more than anything, be able to enjoy his quality of life. And now there's a different injury to tell you about today, and that's to Brooks Kepka, who recently revealed over this past weekend that he had surgery on his knee. He has a dislocated kneecap that required surgery, and he hopes to play, but he will listen to his body and determine what to do in a couple of weeks. Kepka's already won this year, winning in Phoenix, and played very well a few weeks ago down in Florida at the WGC at concession. Kepka, when he's on form, is one of the best players in the world, a four-time major champion who came so close to knocking off Tiger Woods two years ago in the 2019 Masters. Kepka is qualified six different ways at the moment to play in this year's Masters, so we'll see if he's able to play. So we could be somewhere between the number 83 and 87 when all is said and done. Now, the number could be a maximum of 87 because 40-year-old Matt Jones of Australia is the most recent qualifier to get into the 2021 Masters. You might recall seven years ago when Jones won the Houston Open in a playoff over Matt Kuchar by chipping in on April the 6th, 2014 to gain entry four days later into his first Masters. Seven years later, Jones is back playing in the Masters once again after winning at PGA National down in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida by five shots. What a spectacular performance Matt put on over these last four days. It included a 61 on Thursday. And Jones is over the moon about winning again professionally. In fact, Jones said he was. this is why he was so emotional after the victory. Golf, it's a very tough sport we play out here. It's very cutthroat. We're uh, working to keep our jobs every year. Um, and you have to perform well to be able to do that. So it's probably been seven years since I won, but I've had some lean years in there. And uh, to get back to the winner's circle and to win this golf tournament, it was pretty emotional for me. And it's understandable when our friend Steve Sands of NBC spoke to Jones on television right after he made that par putt against the water on the 18th hole. The emotion poured out of him about getting back to that point. I'm sure there were times where Jones wondered if he would ever have a chance to win again at the highest level and have a chance again to play in the Masters. But here we are after that performance. Consider the fact that this guy out of Sydney, Australia, came to the United States, played for Arizona State, was a first-team All-American, and at 21 years old turned professional. And for so many players that dominate the junior, amateur, collegiate ranks, they struggle once they get out there professionally. And that was the case for Jones, who played all over the world, Australia, the mini tours, in in all parts of Europe. He went out there trying to be competitive and win. And it took many years for him to gain entry to the PGA Tour, which he finally did in his mid-30s before winning in 2014 in Houston. And since then, he's had some conditional status on the PGA Tour, and he's used that status most recently to win down there at PGA National for a second time. Now, in his 40s, Jones has and has the idea that he is going to make a big push. I probably, I will. Um, I've probably underachieved, in my opinion, for what I could have done. Um, 
but I've got I've got some time left. I feel like my game's getting better as I get older. Uh, I'm hitting it better. I'm hitting it longer. So, I mean, there's no not there's nothing to say that that won't happen. I have to tell you, if this guy brings that game to Augusta National in a couple of weeks, watch out. He was in total control of the driver. This nice little low steaming draw that he was hitting all over the property at at uh, PGA National was impressive to watch. You know what was even more impressive? The pace of play. That guy got up there, and he wasted no time and was so committed to what he was doing. Congratulations to the 40-year-old Matt Jones. Now, he missed the cut in 2014 in his only Masters appearance. But, amid, but again, remember, on Sunday... Before the Masters started, he got into the event, and he only had a few days to get prepared to play in his first Masters. Now at least he has a few weeks to get ready to play again at Augusta National. If I'm Jones, I would have higher hopes than what happened out there the last time. Now Brian Catrick's going to talk to us more about the entire field, and we'll have him coming up on the show in just a moment about all of these guys that will play in the event. There is the WGC going on in Austin this week, and there will be a few players outside the top 50 with a good performance in Austin that could get into the top 50. And then this Sunday, March the 28th, Category 19 cuts off. There are 19 categories that you can qualify for the Masters. The 19th is if you're in the top 50 10 days before the Masters starts which is this Sunday, March the 28th. If you're not in the top 50, and, and then the only other way you can get into the tournament, there are two ways, I guess. Number one, win in San Antonio, which Corey Connors did a couple of years ago to get in to the Masters. Of course, Jones did seven years ago in Houston, which was then the tournament before the Masters. Jim Herman did that a few years ago as well. So if somebody that's not in the field already wins in San Antonio, they would get in. The other way is by special exemption. We'll see if Augusta National considers that this year with what looks appears to be a smaller field than what we typically get. Some Most of the years we get somewhere between 90 and 100 players. This year we're somewhere between 83 and 87, as I already referenced. One of those guys that's in the field for the rest of his life, as long as he wants to play, is Zach Johnson, who won the 2007 Masters. Zach is going to be on the show tonight, and we're going to reflect on that victory 14 years ago in very difficult conditions. Most years, you see double digits win the Masters. In November, we saw a record 20 under par win it. I don't know how much you remember about 2007. Zach Johnson won the Masters by shooting 69 in the final round to finish at one over par, 289 in total, to win by two. The conditions were very difficult for Zach and for everyone 14 years ago, and we'll talk about what that experience was like. At 45 years old, Zach's starting to play some really good golf. He finished tied for eighth this past weekend down in Palm Beach Gardens and now is feeling very good about his game. So we look forward to catching up with the 2007 champion. And later in the show, we'll also look back at 60 years ago when Gary Player improbably won his first green jacket. 
becoming the first international player to win the Masters, and we'll tell you how it happened. For people that are aficionados of the Masters and may remember 1961, I'm sure there's another name that comes to mind. Instead of Gary Players, the Kings, who could have had five green jackets had he not had a disastrous final hole. So we'll talk about Arnold Palmer and Gary Player and what happened 60 years ago. Again, we are 17 days away from the first round of the 2021 Masters, and we cannot wait to bring it to you exclusively here on SiriusXM on Masters Radio. Brian Catrick will join us in just a moment. We look forward to talking to BK tonight about what the field looks like this year at Augusta National Golf Club. And maybe a little later in the show, we'll have time for some phone calls, too, at 866-469-0026. I'm Taylor Zarzer, and you're listening to The Masters Show on Sirius 208 and XM 92. Masters Moments on Sirius XM, the exclusive home of the Masters. 1997 saw Tiger Woods dominate the field, winning by 12 strokes to pick up his first career major title and become the youngest ever to win the Masters. There it is, a win for the ages. Sirius XM's exclusive coverage of the 2021 Masters starts Monday, April 5th on Sirius 208 and XM 92 and on your connected devices and speakers. Whether you're on or off the course, greatness takes more than skill. It takes dedication. That's why, as an international partner of the Masters, UPS is dedicated to driving innovation that powers your business. Growing your business means adapting to stay ahead. So UPS has tools beyond just shipping that meet the specific and ever-changing needs of business owners. If you're looking to take your business global, do it with help from UPS experts and international services made for business of all sizes. With UPS automated tracking tools, you can stay in control and save time by seeing everything all in one place. Plus, with faster ground shipping now offered nationwide, you can surpass customer expectations and outpace the competition. And if you've taken your business online, you can find UPS wherever you sell. Count on UPS to help your business grow so you can be bold, be brave, be unstoppable. We appreciate the partnership of UPS with Masters Radio and here on The Masters Show. The Masters Show on Sirius XM. If Casper doesn't make this shot, make a birdie, then George Archer, who has completed his round, will have won his first major championship. jacket will go to six foot six inch George Archer. Coming up in just a few minutes, we will be joined by Zach Johnson, the 2007 Masters champion. But now we are joined by Brian Catrick, who is on assignment today somewhere in Florida. The voice (laughs) of the Masters is joining us as he's fighting the wind, kind of like Zach Johnson was the last four days. BK, I hope you're well. I am uh, trying to rest up just a little bit and uh, get ready for this push. The Masters is coming up, and I couldn't be more excited. I know that um, you're like me. You'd love seeing somebody get a late entry and get an invitation to Augusta National Golf Club like Matt Jones did for the second time yesterday. Yes. it's it, He's such a great story. Uh the Australians in general just seem to celebrate the masters maybe more than any other country. I mean, they just love it. And then it goes back to 
I, I know who's been a topic of conversation a lot today and you know it's Greg Norman and they're, they're pointing at him and uh, but I also like that he won with enough time to where they can bring a contingent. I don't know how many folks are going to be allowed to get in, you know, for, for each player, but this is going to be a party and, and they have time to organize it. If Matt Jones had won the week before, then you don't have time to get anybody together. But uh, I don't know what the travel restrictions are going to be, but they have time to sort through it all. And I'm, uh, that's my favorite part of the story for Matt Jones. Yeah, it's really hard, isn't it, Brian? If Especially if you're you're going for the first time to play well if you just won on Sunday. We, we've seen some examples of that in recent years, like Jim Herman and Matt Jones seven years ago missing the cut, and they're probably on fumes by the time they get to Augusta National. I believe Corey Connors made the cut after he won in San Antonio in improbable fashion that we detailed last week. But this is... I, if I'm Matt Jones, BK, I have much higher hot hopes this time because I've got weeks to get ready for the Masters, unlike seven years ago when he chipped in in a playoff in Houston to win the tournament four days before the Masters started. Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right, and I think that's a great point. And the fact that you're you're getting another go at it, that's, that's the one thing that we talk about every year, uh, and, and we've talked about every week here, is that the guys that are there, they don't have a lot of guarantees unless you win the event uh, that you're going to get to go back. So Matt Jones is a guy that's going to savor this also, much like some of the older guys, and and would like to have done better the last time. Well, now you get a next time. You're not guaranteed a next time, but he is now. And, uh, and to be able to sit there and have enough weeks to go work on it and get a chance to go look at it, and it's, it's far less of a whirlwind for Matt Jones, and that's great. You know, the other thing I was going to ask you about, BK, is this week in, in uh, Austin at the match play provides an opportunity for a few people to maybe gain entry into the Masters if they play well. Uh, obviously, Sunday night is the cutoff for Category 19, which is top 50 in the world as of the last Sunday in March. And there's a couple of guys that might have a chance here. Russell Henley's number 55, Kevin Streelman's number 58, Brian Harmon's number 59, all three of those gentlemen are not in the Masters as of this moment. There are two guys that look really good and probably just have all but assured their spot. Will Zalatoris is at 43, Robert McIntyre is at 44. What's your thought on the last few days before Category 19 closes up? So this is when you want your team to include a world golf rankingologist. (laughs) <laughs> because, and even then, the, the job is hard because clearly you're going to need to get out of your pool. You know, out, you're going to have to get out of your pod and make it to the weekend in order to start gaining some big world golf ranking points. But then what has to happen? Uh, do you have to win a match? Do you have to win two matches? Do you have to get all the way to the finals? Does it matter who else gets up there? Uh, which, you know, ultimately strength of field is already set. So it doesn't really matter who you beat. And that's nice because that would drive you crazy if you had to worry about who you were playing also. It's not, you know, it's not like college football where, you know, we need to beat the good teams by a lot and we need to beat the bad teams by worse. Uh, but, you know, the scenario is going to change and they, you know, every player is going to attack, attack it differently. But you sure would love to know when the tournament starts, hey, I've at least got to get out of my pod. I think they all, if you're, if you're not in the top 50 right now, you know you got to get out of your pod. But how deep do you have to go? And I'm, I'm the type of person that I think I would want to know, Taylor, but I don't know that all those guys are. 
uh, you know, they're all going to go there trying to win the golf tournament. They can all win the golf tournament. But uh, I, I'd be interested to know who would want to know what. And does that provide an extra bit of focus or does that provide an extra bit of distraction? Our colleague, Ed Clements, the starter at the match play. Where's Brian Katrick? Uh, Ed says he refuses to take the tee until he knows where he stands in relation <laughs> I, to the top 50 in the world. I can see it now. I need to know how, how far I have to go. You know, they, they all have to get to the weekend. I, I can't imagine them picking up spots in the world golf rankings. Although, you know, every one of those scenarios, they're losing points from a year ago. They're losing points from two years ago. We've seen plenty of times in the world golf rankings where you can actually not play a week and pick up a couple of spots. Uh, but everybody's playing. You know, we've got, I think we have five guys that aren't there. Doesn't really affect the strength of the field that much. It's a very strong field. Uh, how much are you going to pick up based on what you were losing from the last two years as it's staggered? And how far do I have to play? Do That's I have to play point. into Sunday morning? You know, and, and like I said, not everybody wants to know, hmm. but, but I would want to know. To your point, Webb Simpson did not play golf, at least competitively, these last four days and moved up to number nine in the world. So it is. It's difficult to figure out, but we'll see what happens with some of these guys in the next few days and see if they gain entry via Category 19. And then, of course, the last shot is to win in San Antonio the following week. BK, enjoy the rest of your day, my friend. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Taylor, thank you so much. It's an honor to be on this show, and I can't wait for the tournament. That's the voice of the Masters, Brian Katrick. Coming up next, the 2007 Masters champion, Zach Johnson, joins us on the Masters show. Masters moments on Sirius XM, the exclusive home of the Masters. 1986 saw 46-year-old Jack Nicholas make a back nine charge to grab a share of the lead on the 17th hole. Nicholas, this is for sole possession of the lead. After a par at the 18th, Nicholas would don his record sixth green jacket. Sirius XM's exclusive coverage of the 2021 Masters starts Monday, April 5th on Sirius 208 and XM92 and on your connected devices and speakers. The Masters Show on Sirius XM. There it is. As grand as it gets. The Tiger has his slam. 20 years ago, Tiger did the unthinkable, having all four of the major championships at the same time. He would win again the next year, and then he'd win again in 2005. He had four green jackets. By the time they got to the 2007 Masters, when Tiger was a heavy favorite to claim a fifth green jacket, and he was part of the story, although not at the beginning, in difficult cold conditions April 5th through the 8th, 2007, the Masters was played. Justin Rose and Brett Wetterick shared the first round lead with 69s after the first day. Then the second day happened, and there was a big log jam due to poor weather that forced the delay of the second round. When it was all said and done, Tim Clark and Wetterick were tied at two under par. Zach Johnson, after a 71 and a 73, found himself two shots back. Sandwiched between those players was Augusta native Vaughn Taylor, who was one under par. Still no sign of Tiger, at least in the top 10, through the first two days. Then on Saturday, even worse conditions, with wind gusts reaching 33 miles an hour and temperatures in the mid-40s, 
Stuart Appleby had the lead after 54 holes at two over par. Remember, the lead was two under after the second round. It was two over after the third round. Appleby shot 73 and gained an unthinkable three shots on the lead. Justin Rose, Tiger Woods were one back at three over. Tiger shot 72 and marched all the way up the board. He was outside the top 10 after two days. He was second after three days. Zach Johnson shot 76 and still was only two shots behind, just like he was the day before. Then we go into Sunday. Easter Sunday with cool conditions and winds that weren't nearly as severe as Saturday. Johnson and the rest of the field played around a golf course that played longer than it typically does. Johnson came into the day, as we said, two shots back. He bogeyed the first hole to fall to five over par, but many of the leaders, including Appleby, struggled with the conditions. Meanwhile, Johnson, who laid up on all the par fives, birdied the par five second, birdied the par four third, before a bogey and a birdie and turning in two under par 34. As he went to the backside, he steadied himself, 9, 10, 11, and 12, all pars there, and suddenly Johnson was tied for the lead with Retief Goosen and Rory Sabatini. Then on 13, Johnson made another birdie to get to two over par and birdied 14 to get to one over and suddenly had a two-shot lead. The only par five he parred was the 15th hole, and his lead still was two as he went to the tee on the par three 16th hole. Here's the call courtesy of CBS Sports. This could be good. That's really good. Below the hole, call it 12 feet for birdie. For the young man who has one victory on the tour, Zach Johnson, 31 years of age. That's the great Vern Lundquist. That's right, just one win that Johnson had in Atlanta a couple of years earlier as he came into that event at 31. His lead was three as he went to the 17th hole. He made a bogey there. But Johnson's lead was two as he made this winning putt on the 18th green. Here's Jim Nance of CBS. Now Stuart Appleby from the Sandy Lyle bunker. And he saw his chances really washed away with his tee shot at 12. And bunker to bunker. All right, Nick, one shot. Left well. to decide the tournament. And uh, anything short of it going in the hole. And the Masters belongs to Zach Johnson. What's he have here? Not too much, Jim. It's probably about an 8 9 9, I think. The 2007 Masters winner. So the final groups came up. They couldn't catch Johnson, and he wins by two. In just a moment, Zach will join us for an exclusive interview. But speaking of interviews, here's the winner's interview, Jim Gray of Masters Radio and Zach Johnson.
Jim Gray is with the champion. Can you begin to describe your emotions, Zach? Can you begin to describe your emotions? No. I try to be non-emotional out there. That was one of my goals uh, the whole weekend. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I felt like uh, for the most part I, I did it. You know, I mean, uh, I just try to stay in the present and just and just go through my process of uh, shot after shot. And uh, I felt good about it. So. What was this weight now to find it? Oh, this is weight lifted. This is weight lifted. I mean, I you know, I... I knew I could win again um, on a major scene. I didn't. I mean, I felt like I could. And I felt like the game was ready. Um, you know, I prepared hard. I prepared with my instructors very, very hard, and uh, you know, they deserve a lot of credit. Mike Bender, one of my best friends, um, Pat O'Brien, and, and Mo Morris Pickens, and my trainer Chris Noss. I mean, the list goes on and on. Um, gosh, my family, my sponsors. Thank you. Thank you all I mean, I could keep going. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. My pleasure. Here he is, as promised, a 12-time winner on the PGA Tour, a two-time major champion. He's got a claret jug, and he has the 2007 Masters Championship. He's got a green jacket, and he's joining us now on the Masters Show. He is Zach Johnson. 14 years, man. Can you believe that? How are you? <laughs> I cannot. Uh, I'm good, Taylor. Thanks for having me on. It, it, in some respects, it seems like 14 days ago, and and others, I guess it does seem like 14 months, uh, 14 years. I, I I think about the fact that I walked off the green, I kissed my four month old baby, and now he's 14 months, so or 14 years. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, that's that's crazy. So you know, it, yeah, it, awesome memories. Love thinking about them, love reliving them. Hopefully I can do it all over again. Yeah, I know. I know you want to do it again. You're so, you still have um, such dedication and commitment to playing at the highest level. And as we're sitting here right now, you're fresh off a great performance on one of the hardest, I think, golf courses in professional golf uh, down there at PGA National. So I know you, you have to be happy with where your game is, is trending. But, hey, Zach, before we do that, um, try to describe to us what comes with being a Masters winner? We've tried here on SiriusXM to describe what it's like to be in the fraternity of, of MVPs in the NFL or Hall of Famers in a, in a certain sport or Heisman Trophy winners. What is it like to be in the fraternity of Masters winners? Well, it's, it's in my profession, it is, um, you know, I think most would probably say it's, just, it's a dream realized. It's, it's um, you know, it's, it, you know, as a kid, having that 10-foot right-to-left putt from the middle of the green to that front-left pin on 18 to win the championship and seeing it go in and then, you know, seeing yourself on the practice putting green, donning the green jacket by the previous champion, it, it, it's all that realized. But I'm going to be fully transparent and tell you that none of that was in my dreams because I, I just didn't, it was beyond my dreams. Um, it's for me, it's beyond a dream come true. I mean, I, I, you know, I dreamt about being on the PGA Tour and certainly winning golf tournaments, but I never did I think I'd ever wear the green jacket um, or, 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 you know, actually have one. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's as an athlete, it, it's just it's an unbelievable honor knowing that that fraternity is so small. It is so deep and rich in tradition. Uh, it, it, it's just it's just everything it you know from 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 a golf standpoint from myself and from my family it is um it it, it means it means a great deal i mean it, it 
it's something that uh, we, we always, you know, we, we certainly talk about, especially in the spring and rehash those great feelings and memories and, and, and just feel ultimately just blessed because, you know, uh, it, it's so hard. It's so difficult. You kind of feel like, you know, sometimes you, the, those putts that lip out just have to lip in. Mm. And in that instance, um, and, and, and my story is different than the other champions, certainly. Um, you know, I, it, it was a very difficult week, and it was a Easter Sunday, so there's a lot of things involved there that kind of fell into my favor. I, I, I don't love playing in cold conditions, but maybe I need cold and windy conditions <laughs> to come out on top. But, um, you know, I'm kind of going off on a rant here, but Taylor, it, 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 uh, in, in the golf world, in the golf circles, it's, it's the fraternity. It's, it's the group that you aspire to be in. Um, it's why, you know, when it comes down to it, everybody thinks about when they think about the start of the year, it's always the masters. And they think about watching golf, it's the masters. So, it, it just carries a great weight, but it's it's an awesome weight. It's a, it's a, it's a responsibility too. I mean, let's 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 face it. I mean, what Augusta National has done from a branding standpoint, and certainly from growing and enriching the game standpoint, uh, you know, you represent that, and and I, I love that. Um, call it responsibility. I, I think that's a great. Uh, if it's if it's a burden, it's a great burden to bear. Um, uh, but I think it's something that you can you know you can wear with pride, but also utilize it for the betterment of others too. Yeah. I agree. I mean, there's, 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 there's certainly that jacket carries its weight. I love how much it means to you. 2007 masters champion, Zach Johnson joins us here on the masters show. Of course, we have the entire broadcast coming up in just over two weeks, two weeks from tomorrow. Zach is that champions dinner other than that night, which is, I know one of the most special nights of the year for you. How much interaction do you have with other winners. I know you're on a, a Ryder Cup text chain and a President's Cup text chain. Are there any Masters winners text chains? How <laughs> how often are you talking to the other guys? Uh, it, you know, there's, if, well, excuse me, there could be. <laughs> if there are, I'm not on them. So maybe that's a sign. But, uh, um, you know, I, I, I don't... There's not a whole lot of conversation you know, I would say all 12 months, but I, I once the spring kind of hits, it does seem like those conversations, uh, surface and, and even maybe have, you know, some greater length to them. I mean, I've had lunch or breakfast, I think with, with Adam Scott as of late, maybe twice. And, you know, that, that's kind of the first thing we go back to is talking about, um, that Tuesday night in particular. And, uh, what, what's it going to look like this year and based on what it looked like in the fall, that kind of thing, what's going to be served, you know, by Dustin and things of that nature. Um, you know, I, I was actually talking to uh, a buddy of mine, actually a teammate, college teammate of mine who I had dinner with, not this past week, but two weeks ago at the players. And he's like, you know, what, what, what do you, what do you guys talk about there? Like, I mean, shoot, Arnold Palmer was there when you were there. And, da, 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 da. and I'm like, yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's quite the evening. It, it, it's hard to summarize. So, um, again, going back to it, uh, you know, the, the conversations do do start to arise this time of year because I think everybody is a fan of the game. Those conversations start. And, uh, you know, the, the flowers are starting to bloom, and it's, it's about that time. So you mentioned 14 years ago what the weather was like. You laid up on all the par fives on that last day. Uh, you shot 69 in difficult conditions 
to win that green jacket by two over Retief Goosen, Rory Sabatini, and some guy named Tiger Woods that we'll uh, talk more about in just a moment. What do you remember most, Zach, as the years continue to, to go on and on and on since that win? What, what do you think about uh, like it's yesterday from that day? Uh, well, I mean, a couple of things, I should say, a few things. I mean, I think about my wedges specifically, man, well, they were good back then. Um, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta, I gotta hone those wedges in a little bit more. Uh, that, that'd be one thing. I, I also think about the fact that, you know, Saturday was brutal. I mean, absolutely brutal. One of the hardest days of golf I've ever had to compete. In. I shot four over that day. And I think I actually moved up, uh, or stayed about right where I was at. <laughs> you did. Um, you did move up. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So. Um, you know, you shoot four over in a major championship, you're usually losing a ton of ground, but that was just not the way it was. I remember it being obviously very trying, but I also remember it being one of those, one of those days or weekends where I was really at peace with whatever came my way. I'd love to harness that, you know, I mean, and more times than not, I, I can kind of get into that mode, but, um, you know, the nerves and the tensions of winning golf tournaments and being in contention certainly arise and, that week, just I was I was really really at peace with whatever came. I mean, I, I felt like the pressure was kind of off. It was just a matter of just walking down the fairways and hitting shots, and I love that. Um, so I, I'm always going back to some of those feelings I had, specifically the last nine holes. Uh, but I remember, um, you know, a lot of cool things. I mean, the, the people that were there watching me, certainly my family, but I had numerous friends and uh, college teammates, all sorts of individuals that were there to share it with me. I mean. The, those kind of things are priceless. Um, having a four-month-old certainly was uh, very special. Um, you know, all, all sorts of all sorts of great, great fond memories. And um, but you know, it all culminated with the fact that Sunday for me. It sure did. Six birdies in that final round in, in shooting that sixty-nine to win by two. So we're talking about this year, and and it'll be great to have patrons out there. I know. It'll be a bit limited, but still to have that noise reverberating around Augusta National is something that, that we can't wait for, although we won't have one of your buddies there that, that you made smile uh, when you hit an, a wedge shot in the hole at, at his golf tournament one time. That, that, tiger, that tiger smile is, is something I always love watching when you made, made that shot from the, from the drop zone. I know you're going to miss him this year, Zach. Everybody's pulling for him to get back soon. Yeah, it stinks. I mean, it just really stinks. Um, I mean, man, where do you start and end on this? I mean, I, you know, he's he's a he's a friend first and foremost, and I mean, I'm just extremely thankful that he's all right. I mean, I, I mean, I know he's beaten up very badly. My guess is, uh, I know you know, he's had at least one surgery, maybe multiple, and probably will have to have more. But um, kind of a guess there. Uh, but you know, he's still here, and he's still a dad. He's still, you know, uh, a friend. So that that that's that's obviously the most important thing. I'm I'm just trying to keep the, the communication lines open with him, trying to keep him engaged as best I can, and certainly think about him and pray for him because that's really all I can do at this moment. But uh, you know, I'm not so sure I've ever met anybody more uh, strong-willed and certainly uh, just mentally fierce as Tiger Woods. So. You know, I, I don't know. We, and I don't think any of us really know the specifics as to where he is physically or, uh, you know, from a body standpoint. Um, and, you know, probably frankly, it's none of our business. But 
you know, we, we've got some information and, and if there's anybody that can come back from something of any sort of trauma at him, I, I, I don't want to say that that's definitive it's going to happen, but I'm just saying he is so mentally strong when he wants to do something. So, um, you know, I don't know if golf's in the future. Uh, and quite frankly, it's secondary or even beyond that, but mm-hmm. uh, he's still here and it, um, you know, I, I don't like seeing Tiger Woods go out like that. So I hope he does come back. Uh, I hope he comes back sooner than later. There's no question. Uh, and if he cannot, he's still a big, 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 big part of uh, golf, uh, professional golf, PGA Tour, and certainly the Masters in its history. So um, let's just keep thinking about him. Keep, yeah. Keep trying to send positive vibes because, uh, you know, he, he would do the same for any of us. I know he's been so moved by the outpouring of support. Uh, that that support was uh, noticeable two years ago when he gave us one of the, the greatest moments in Masters history, and there you were with your green jacket and a lot of others in that fraternity waiting for him as he came off the 18th green. It's just such an incredibly powerful moment, and uh, mm. who, who knows what the future holds uh, for him. All right, last thing, Zach. How's the game? Uh, you certainly look good down mm. in, uh, in, in Palm Beach these past few days. How are you feeling going into the Masters? Yeah, my game feels very good. Uh, I guess, you know, the positives are that I feel like where I'm at right now and the position I'm in uh, all across my bag that, you know, I've got everything in place. And, and in a strange way, you know, I, mean, I had a decent finish, obviously, last week. I uh, felt like it could have been a lot better, especially missed a couple short putts there the last, well, I'd say 36 holes, but specifically last 18 holes. So, you know, there, there, there's, there's certain things I can uh, – the biggest positive is there's still room for improvement. That's what I was trying to get to. And, and I know what I need to do. And I know that the team I have in place is going to help me do this. So it's going to happen at some point. Matt Jones, Sung J.M., and Zach Johnson are the only players didn't shoot over par in the Honda Classic. Tied for eighth was where you finished. And, uh, and I know you're feeling good about the way things are – progressing with weeks to come zach you're so kind to spend a few minutes with us my friend i can't wait to see you in augusta in a couple of weeks yeah thanks Taylor. always good to hear you and uh yeah hopefully we can <laughs> be a little more face-to-face and uh just these uh, phone calls all the time i know i can't wait for that zach johnson uh, as good as it gets in the game of golf the 2007 masters champion joining us on masters radio Masters Moments on Sirius XM, the exclusive home of the Masters. In the final round back in 2005, Tiger Woods missed the par 3 16th green, leaving himself a nearly impossible chip. Here it comes. Like the birdie enabled Tiger to capture his fourth green jack. Sirius XM's exclusive coverage of the 2021 Masters starts Monday, April 5th on Sirius 208 and XM92 and on your connected devices and speakers. Now back to the Masters show on Sirius XM. Yes, and by holding that puck, Dave Barr ties Jack Nicklaus for second place. Arnold now. He's got a fitting climax as Arnold Palmer becomes the first golfer ever championship four times. Chris Schenkel with the call. Great to hear Dave Marr's name, who finished second in the 1964 Masters. And, of course, his wonderful son, David, is part of our team and will be part of our team during Masters Week. We can't wait for that to happen once again this year. 
Palmer won his fourth and final Masters title you just heard there in 1964, dominating the tournament to win by six. He never trailed in the event, so he was tied for the lead after Thursday and had sole possession of first place throughout the final 54 holes. Palmer would have 19 more top 10 finishes in majors, including three consecutive in the next three Masters, but he would never win another major after that one in 1964. What's most remarkable about that win? It was one of two green jacket victories after what happened in 1961. 60 years ago, let's hear Jim McKay's voice. This is Jim McKay back at the Augusta National Golf Club. This happened just about an hour ago. You're watching videotape of Gary Player teeing off on the 17th. Listen to Jim McArthur as he told us about it. have to be too big to hit that golf ball. And he busts one right smack down the middle, and that too is headed up right in position A on the crown of the hill as they head in for the second shot. Gary Player, apparently somebody calling to him from the crowd, turned for a moment. Gary Player, through 16 holes here this afternoon for the tournament, is eight strokes under par. Paul Harney, through 16 holes or through the entire tournament, and including 16 holes today, is two under par. Now coming up the 17th fairway. After the tremendous rain of yesterday, which caused the cancellation of the final round, the sun has been shining brightly all day, and a very stiff wind has been blowing across the Augusta National Course. And so the fairway and the greens are dried out. It's crazy to get those reports back then. This happened about an hour ago, Jim McKay said, in one of his final assignments for CBS before he moved on that year to ABC. And he gets that report from Gary Player on what he did there on the 17th green. Player started the day with a five-shot lead and carried that five-shot lead into the sixth hole. Lead dwindled to three as he made the turn. It was two by the time he got to the 11th hole, and they were tied. Player and Palmer were by the time they got to the 13th hole. Then after the 17th hole, Palmer had a one-shot lead over player, but Palmer made double bogey, hitting his third shot from the greenside bunker over the green, couldn't get up and down from there, made double bogey, and player beat Palmer and Charles Coe by one. But Palmer, like he always did, would bounce back, winning the next year and winning two years later. Thank you to Zach Johnson, the 2007 champion, for joining us. Thank you to Brian Katrick for being on tonight as well. I'm Taylor Zarzer. Remind you whether you agree or disagree, it's all for him. We'll be back next Monday night on The Master Show.